So the Max and Wancast got its first sponsorship, Max. You want to know what it is? Tell me, please. It's Anchor. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Anchor, Max? Well, I know it's free, and I know they have a bunch of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast, whether it's from your phone, your computer, or whatever you're using. But I know one thing. You know a lot more about editing than I do. Yeah, most definitely, bro. I'm the one that steers this ship as far as edit-wise. But what I like about it, I like that you can distribute your podcast automatically all in one place to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more, like Google Podcasts. You can also make money from making your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Link in the description, guys. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Juan from the Max and Juan cast. Hey, just a quick little disclaimer with this podcast. Me and Max had a couple of technical issues during this time. Max's mic was kind of cracking slash popping in this episode. So you're going to hear this cracking sound while you listen to this. It is not your speakers, I promise. So headphone users, be aware. I apologize again. Max fixed it. We're good. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you guys enjoy this one. All right. Peace. If you take Kobe off the 0405 Lakers, they're going to win like 15 games and they want 40. They want 41 and 41, I believe. That's what being valuable is. It's not like, hey, we have, the, we have a stacked team and I was the best player on the stacked team. That's not what an MVP should mean. man what's going on everybody it's max and one we're on the second night of a back-to-back we're probably on a minutes restriction tonight i don't know but what's up it's max how's everybody doing what's going on it's one back at it again for another night brother let's do this man i feel like the lockout here we on a back-to-back we might be on a (laughs) back-to-back-to-back three games and five nights but we, (laughs) we just got done watching what the game of the year potentially oh my goodness by far and it was on espn dude well you know what was missing from this game well there were two things booger and the booger crane (laughs) oh man Uh, this game is definitely gonna be on espn classics like 10 years from now (laughs) can i say it one can i say it because it's my boy playing quarterback have the honors not bad for a running back. <laughs> well, let's get into it, man. Um, what's your initial thoughts? People are going to watch this game at a con. Like, so, I'm like, okay, let me paint you a picture, right? Some fool's going to watch this game 10 years later, right? And he's going to be like, man, 2020, they were running the hell out of the ball. I don't know if these teams got the memo. But it's supposed to be a passing league, man. And it was, what, nine combined rushing touchdowns? Yeah, I I believe it was the most since, like, the 1930s. It was crazy. <laughs> I was just like, man, like, whatever team can stop the run is going to win this game. And that didn't even happen. No one stopped the run. It was basically who got the ball last. And what, big shout out to Justin Tucker, dude. That is why it's important to have a good kicker, and he is the best. Ice cold in the veins, bro. Ice cold. When you saw him go up there to kick, what do you think the percentage of him making it was, like, in your heart? For me, it was like 98% he's going to hit this. 
yeah, 98%. The the 2% in me was I don't know, maybe things are turning turning around for the Browns. They're out here. Baker Mayfield was playing good. The run game was going. Their defense started to pick up. Lamar Jackson randomly gets cramped, so it helps them out. They were getting some lucky plays tonight cuz I thought they were they were done in this game early. It didn't look too good. I was like, man, Baker Baker has to throw the ball. They're probably going to shy away from the run, but they didn't, dude. They they came back. They fought. And all of a sudden, they were up by, what, seven? Yeah, well, Baker tried his best to ruin the game when he threw that stupid pick to Tyus Bowser. Yeah, he almost threw away that game. It was it was such back and forth, dude. I I didn't really know what to think. I kept on I kept on going back and forth like, man, the Ravens look really good and then it was like, "Oh my goodness, what is happening? The Ravens defense just went completely downhill and Baker Mayfield starting to pick it back up and I'm just a bunch of thoughts going through my head. It was an amazing game, probably the best game of the year so far. It was great. Well, I got an important question. Who do you think was more sick? Ray Lewis watching the Ravens try to stop the Browns or progressive because now they can't roll out the latest Baker Mayfield commercial? (laughs) Look, that man deserves about three more new commercials. That's all I got to say about that. And low key, I feel like he's playing to prove a point. And I feel like he's talking to you, Max. I feel like he's talking to you dead straight in your eyes and saying, I'm this. I'm the badass quarterback. I deserve all these commercials. Oh, come on. <laughs> what have I ever said negatively about him? Besides, I've never seen a guy with more commercials who hasn't done anything. Oh man, nah, I'm just busting your balls. But I, you're you're not alone in that. Everyone, everyone was kind of saying that Baker was a game manager. That's what he was. And these last two games, he's been. He's been throwing that ball pretty good, dude. I'm not gonna lie. He's been he's been reading the field. He's been making big plays. I'm impressed. Did you see the Hail Mary he threw at the end of the first half? Yeah. What about it? I was shocked of how much like he got on that ball. He threw it what like 70 yards on a rope, almost like killed Chuck Clark because he went crashing into the goalpost. <laughs> no, he has an arm. He has a he has a good arm. It, he well, doesn't he have an arm. A noodle. But that arm. was pretty impressive to me, just for Baker. Like I was like, damn, I didn't realize your arm was that good. Yeah. What is this? What does this mean for Lamar Jackson, man? What about the game he had? He started off the game with his legs. He was running all over the place, and then he leaves the game with cramps. Apparently, he goes into the locker room. Trace McSorley comes in. The Browns score 14 unanswered points, I believe. And it comes all the way down to fourth down. Trey McSurley gets hurt. All of a sudden, the TV cameras cut to Lamar Jackson jogging out of the out of the locker room for them. And he's back in the game, comes back in the game, throws a 44-yard touchdown to Marquise Brown. And all of a sudden, the Ravens are back up in it. <laughs> Well, look, let's make a short list of all the great athletes who've gone down with cramps during a game. It's probably like LeBron and Lamar. I just wanted to put those guys in the same like list to piss you off. <laughs> but let's talk about that fourth down play. It was fourth and five. 
I hated the Browns play call so much. Like I felt like they were like, okay, it's his first play back. Let's just rush him. He'll he won't know what to do. When he broke contain, I was like, oh, he's gonna get this first down with his legs. And then I saw two dumb cornerbacks. I think one was a safety, one was a corner. Sprint up, and then he just lollipopped the ball to Marquise Brown. I was like, the Ravens aren't losing this game. Yeah, I was shocked was the Browns wide, came back. Wide open, bro. That was so bad. It was such a bad play call, in my opinion. I mean, it got burnt. It deserved to get burnt. They sent, like, eight guys up the middle, and, like, they all, like, ran into each other. There was, like, if you look at the play, there's, like, two brown guys, like, laying on the out, like, behind the line of scrimmage, like, just destroyed. It was a bad play call. Yeah, defense was definitely not a highlight in this game. (laughs) Definitely not. It was just... Lamar didn't have a great throwing night. I thought he was good, not great. He had a couple good throws. He left a lot of yards on the field, but that's kind of what you sign up for when you watch the Ravens. It was nice to see Marquise Brown like do something good for a change because, honestly, he's been underwhelming the whole year, and I don't think that's going to really change. Well, the last two games he's kind of showed up, to be fair. But, yeah, he's definitely had a down year. Do you think that's the Ravens or him or maybe both? I think it's a combination of things. It's a combination of Greg Roman, Lamar Jackson, and partly their defense. I mean, they they're asked to score a little bit more points. They're they're they get caught up in a little bit different situations this year. The running back position has kind of had a drop off in a way. Mark Ingram's not really playing that much. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins is in there, but. Well, no, that's perfect because I want to talk to you about Mark Ingram. Did you see him? He was in uniform. He was all padded up. Did he he just not get reps? He just didn't play. And that's rightfully sold. J.K. Dobbins is a better running back than him. I think Gus Edwards is better than him too, honestly. Yeah, in certain situations. But I think Mark Ingram had a – Pretty bad fumble either two weeks ago or last week, and I'm pretty sure that put him in the doghouse and lost some reps. I mean, he's been banged up the whole year. He didn't look right for a long time, and he's old. He's on the wrong side of 30, I believe, now. And for me, the backfield's going to be Gus Edwards. He's the perfect complement to J.K. J.K. is explosive, and Gus is just like a guy who's going to like hit the defense 20 times a game and just make them not want to tackle. I'm really I like Gus Edwards a lot. He's not like a superstar or anything, but he's a great power running back. Yeah, I, I like both of their running backs. They're a lot better than Mark Ingram, and it showed tonight. They really gave a lot of the workload to J.K. Dobbins. So honestly, what do you think about Lamar? What do you think of his performance? I thought it was gutsy. It wasn't great throwing, but he he was amazing with his legs. He had. Nine carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. He tore them up with his legs. I was shocked, though. The Browns' defense played so bad. I know they're not good against their run, but they were getting some pressure the first half and the second half. They didn't do anything. Yeah. I think a big part of that was more of the defenses tonight with the whole rushing situation and Lamar having a really good game. 
Because I completely disagree with the commentary on the TV. He was like, oh, it's a big chess match. Stefanski against the Baltimore Ravens defense and um, Greg Roman against, like, I just feel like a lot of those plays tonight, I seen two of them where one of them, Marcus Peters, literally got tripped up, tangled his feet with a, with a receiver, and the guy was wide open and Baker Mayfield was rolling out. That's just, I mean, that's not really scheme or anything. That's just tough luck, you know what I mean? And then on the other side with the Ravens, I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure on that play that you were talking about to Marquise Brown, someone should have just plastered him. And it just seemed like the guy was just dazed. Maybe he was kind of doing like you said and coming up and containing Lamar Jackson but to be honest they weren't doing that the whole game the Browns or the Ravens they just did a horrible job when quarterbacks were rolling out and not sticking to a receiver right away when the coverage was zoned oh yeah that's a great segue to what I want to talk about next is the Ravens D-line was awful Baker Mayfield didn't get touched all night I don't even think he really got hurried all that much. I can really think off my head like three times where he got hit. Yeah, they did not create any pressure. They they got what? One turnover? And that was that pick? That wasn't even forced. That was just Baker getting too aggressive, thinking he could squeeze the ball in there. But, I mean, it was a great play by Tyus Bowser. But it wasn't like he was under duress and, like, threw it up, you know. It was just unforced error. Yeah. So does this mean that? The Ravens are going to go on a run and make the playoffs? Are they going to win out? I think they're going to win out, dude. I'm looking at their schedule. Tough first game against the Jaguars. Well, Gardner Minshew's playing, so who knows? You know, the handlebar mustache might be out in full effect. Then they got the Giants, and they got the Bengals. They can lose to the Giants, but (laughs) they play the Bengals and the Jets, which is not good for the Raiders because the Raiders need them. They need them to, to lose at least one game, and the Raiders need to win out. But this was a huge game for the Ravens because this was the only game left on their schedule that, that was considered a being a loss because the, the Browns are that good. They're kind of in the driver's seat now compared to the Dolphins in, in Las Vegas. Same record as the Dolphins. Did they play the Dolphins this year? They didn't play the Dolphins this year. I think the Dolphins need one more year. This is like the year they're going to taste it and get hungry for the next year. Then next year they're probably going to go on like a Niners-esque run type thing. I'm not calling it or anything. I'm just saying that's what kind of typically happens. I think the Ravens are a lock. I would put I would put money on the Ravens making it. Yeah, just the combination of more experienced team, better head coach out of all three of them, and they got the easiest schedule. So it makes sense. Should we give a shout-out to Cleveland's offensive line? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Tristan Wirfs, Wyatt Teller, J.C. Treader were so good tonight. Uh, I can't think of their other tackle. Oh, Conklin, right? It's Conklin. Jack Conklin? Yeah. The they got a good agent. old line, man. And Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, they're the best backfield in the NFL, right? Yeah, and Nick Chubb is probably the second-best running back in the league with Derrick Henry, no doubt. Really? You're saying that? Yeah, he's the second-best. What's the gap between him and Kareem Hunt? 
I would say it's a big difference. It's Kareem Hunt is good and he does good in his role. I don't think he's as good as Nick Chubb though. Did you see the touchdown he caught though, Kareem Hunt? Yeah, for to take the lead, right? And he like kind of reached for put the pylon. Double move on LJ for it. It was filthy. Honestly, yeah. I love the compliment to each other though. They both can run with power and speed. I think Kareem mm-hmm. Hunt is just better as a receiver though than Nick Chubb. But like Nick yeah. Chubb doesn't have to do that. They're, that's like saying Derrick Henry is not a good receiver as DeAndre Swift. Well, no one cares because it's not what yeah. they ask him to do. Yeah, there's no other back better than him than Smoke Henry though. Who, who's better? Right now, healthy, I Dalvin, Dalvin Cook. No, I think Nick Chubb is better. I love Dalvin. Really? Cook, yeah, Nick Chubb is amazing, dude. Is it close? I was I was looking at no, I was looking at his his missed tackles since 2018. It's like Marshawn Lynch territory. It's very very good. He's number one by a landslide. Damn, I wouldn't think that. I would think it's more about just running over somebody than like generating missed tackles with that guy. Yeah, he's he's really good. Uh Dalvin Cook is good too. Probably another guy that would be in that mix if he was healthy that I really like is McCaffrey, but he's hurt this year. What about and Kamara? when he has been he- uh Kamara, yeah. Kamara, yeah, but not better than, than Nick Chubb. Nick Still Chubb no? with that no Nick Chubb wow. with that home run ability. It's it's scary because teams are really like people know what the Browns are and they still can't stop it. I got to say Stefanski is doing a hell of a job with Baker and just the diversity of the offense. It's so much better than Freddie Fat Boy always in the kitchens. <laughs> Another thing on the Browns. This game was so amazing for it to be in Cleveland. It's the first time since the pandemic I really felt the crowd like electric you can oh, it hear it awesome. on tv it was awesome dude i haven't heard that in forever all 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 throughout the pandemic um sports timeline bubble all of that and a lot of these teams like the chiefs they even have fans this is the loudest i've heard all year and they came out and supported their team so shout out to all the cleveland browns fans i know it was a tough night tonight you guys had a tough loss but you guys made some noise, dude, and even though it wasn't full capacity, it was great to hear, dude, as a sports fan. Oh, for sure. I mean, let's we're going to wrap it up right now about this, but you know they pump crowd noise in like in the, in the NBA bubble, they pumped in crowd noise, right? Yeah. It's just noticeable the sound real people make. You know, I don't know if you felt like that. You could just feel it. It's just different. Yeah, it's it's different. Way different. It's timed up way better. It's 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 everything. That's my biggest problem with the fake crowd noise. It's just so hard to time. A lot of these guys, I don't know how hard it is. I've never done it, but I used to laugh at some of the, the fake crowd noise done in the bubble or even in the NFL. It's like horrible time boos and cheers. I'm just like, what are you doing? So that's a big part of it, too, is timing. They never seem to have the right volume, too, where it's like, it's the same crowd noise if LeBron dunks as, like, a free throw. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, no, that would never be the same. You know, it's like they never take the moment. Like, AD's game winner should have the most crowd noise of anything. Like, it should be, like, 100 decibels compared to, like, a first quarter basket should be, like, 30. 
Yeah. It, it was great tonight, dude. Really, really enjoyed seeing that. And <clears throat> just a FYI to everyone, we're going to do some NBA in today's podcast. And we're going to talk about a lot of the narratives as far as the NBA awards go. We're going to be talking about MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Talk about a little bit of the rookies and what do we expect from some teams. So this podcast will probably be out either Tuesday or Wednesday. And we'll probably give out our weekly picks for the NFL on Thursday. We'll, um, we're going to try to get it out before the Raiders and Chargers game. But just a FYI, and I just wanted to say, like, thank you for all the support, man. And keep on listening to us. Or else. <laughs> we have a very particular set of skills. We will find you. And we will make you comment, subscribe, and like this podcast. Okay? Oh, man. The FBI guy listening to this call backs us up. <laughs> exactly. So where do you want to start off, Max? Let's get into some of these MVP narratives. Let We're going to pick the MVP at the end of it, but I just think it's a better conversation. This is what people need to understand. MVP doesn't mean most valuable player. It means who had the best story. That year, Russell Westbrook won it. He was great. He averaged a triple-double. It was about Katie had just left. Look at this guy. It's a narrative, right? So I'm going to ask you. You give me your narrative, or we'll just have a discussion, whatever you want to do. And I'll give you some players, and we'll figure it out, okay? Sound fine? Sounds perfect to me. Okay. Giannis, coming off back-to-back MVPs, what does he have to do to win a third MVP? (laughs) Well, he has to do something historic. Uh, There's only been two players in NBA history to win three straight, and I believe that's Will Chamberlain. And what's the other one, Max? Larry Bird. So that's some pretty good company to be in. I don't think it's happening. No. no. I got a a narrative for you. He's got to go 50-40-90. To win the third MVP. I'm calling it right now. If Giannis 50, goes 50, 40, 40 90, 90. What? <laughs> I thought, no, I'm saying that's how ridiculous it would have to be because no one's going to vote for him a third time. Yeah, the NBA is going to pull that. Oh, he already won two. Like, let's give it to someone who hasn't won it or whatever the case yeah, is. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. They think. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you said, it's either got to be something historic. Like, he's got to get 30 and 20. Or he's got to get 50, 40, 90. None of which I see happening. I'm not saying he's not going to have an amazing season. Yeah. But that's the thing with greatness. They just, it's like LeBron. 15 years in, they don't care. He's still doing it. Like, it's whatever. It's it's still LeBron. People never do that, you know? I think one thing I hate in particular, I know the NFL does this. I hate, like, that year that Patrick Mahomes won it. A lot of people were going with the narrative of because I, I believe the narrative that year was between Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of people were like, well, Drew oh Brees is so old, gosh. man. Like Patrick Mahomes is so young. He has he has years to come to to win an MVP. And it's like, no, dude, like give it to him. He deserved it this year. I don't care how young he is. If he's the MVP of the league, give it to him. I don't care if Drew Brees is 40, 50 years old and he might never win an MVP in his career. 
tough luck, dude. It's, it's what happens. And that's where it comes in with the bias in, with a lot of these voters. And don't get me wrong, some of these voters are very respected in the game. But some of them, I just don't understand the the thought process that goes that goes in their mind with picking MVP. Exactly. It should really be the best player, like the most valuable player. You take them off the team aspect, but it just always ends up being you have to have a good record to win MVP. And that's not always the case because you can make the argument. I know this is a Laker example. If you take Kobe off the 0405 Lakers, they're going to win like 15 games and they want 40. They went 41 and 41, I believe. That's what being valuable is. It's not like, hey, we had the, we have a stacked team, and I was the best player on the stacked team. That's not what MVP should mean. Yeah, it it all comes back to what's your context under MVP, and I think me and Max are in agreement. It it comes down to what. What does the word actually mean? It's most valuable player. That's what it stands for. It doesn't mean best best team in the league and best record and all this and that. It means most valuable. And yeah, to a certain extent, you have to be at least a playoff team, I feel like, to win it, of course, to be valuable. Because if you're not a playoff team, I mean, you must not be that valuable. You get me? It's kind of it's like... Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one year I felt like that really solidified me of of saying like someone can be so valuable is Peyton Manning. I don't know if you remember this, but the year when he had that neck injury with the Colts and they got the number one pick, obviously, for Andrew Luck, that team barely changed from the year before that when they made the playoffs and they went, I believe, 12 and four or 11 and five. Yeah. And they won a to playoff two, game. <laughs> to two and, and they 14. went from. Yeah, it was complete opposite. To me, that's valuable. And he didn't even play. They were missing one 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 thing on the team was different from the year before to the year after. And that was the quarterback. And they went from 11 to 12 wins to two. Worst team in the league. That's valuable right there. I'm pretty sure this is true. There were years Bill Russell was second team All-NBA and he won the MVP. Because people knew he was more valuable to the Celtics than Wilt Chamberlain was to the 76ers, even though he was averaging 50 points. <laughs> That's insane. Which is insane. <laughs> I mean, you're averaging 50, like a bad night's 38. But I think there is some value. Like, I would never vote for a guy who averages 40 points. Like, if some guy ever averaged 40, I wouldn't give him my MVP vote if he wasn't deserving of it. Like, just because you average 40 doesn't mean you're the best player in basketball, you know? And there's always a narrative of who puts up the best stats as the best player. That's not always true. Like Russell Westbrook? Well, I didn't want to bring up Russ, but he's going to be brought up a little later in these MVP odds just because he's a former MVP. But what's the likelihood Giannis is winning it? I don't think it's likely this year. I don't care 10%. what he does. I'll give it 10%. That was going to go with 20. So, yeah, let's call it 15. We'll split the difference. Nah. It's going to be so, extremely hard, like you said. So what's the narrative for Braun got to be? I think I feel like it's high. He hasn't won an MVP in what? Four years? Seven, dude. Oh, man, seven. Yeah, it's been a while. I can totally see him winning it. The only thing with him, that with Braun, that's going to hurt his chances is, one, he's going to play with AD. 
Two, who knows? He might get put on a really big minute restriction this year. It didn't really happen last year as much as people expected to. So maybe this is the year that he starts sitting out more games and doesn't really play as much. Who knows? But it's very possible that he'll win it. I think you're tripping. I don't think there's any way he wins this award unless like something catastrophic happens to the Lakers where like knock on wood, AD goes down, Schroeder's down, and he puts the team on his back. If they're a healthy team, they're gonna have to go eighty two and oh or like eighty and two oh sorry, seventy two and oh. They're gonna have to do something ridiculous for him to even be considered. It wasn't close last year and the Lakers were the best team in the West. And they were dominating. And LeBron actually played defense last year. But last year, it kind of didn't help him. The the season didn't end. I still felt like the way he ended it, beating Giannis, beating Kawhi. I went to the Bucks game. I was there. He was the best player on the court. Granted, Giannis is a freak of nature. But Giannis got stopped that game. The Lakers shut him down. I'm going to say it again. They slowed down Giannis that game. I just don't think he's going to get it. I think voter fatigue's a real thing, and that's why I'm not giving – I think LeBron's got a 5% chance of winning this MVP. Wow. No, I think it'll be a little bit higher. Uh, I don't feel like it's that fatigue because people were already starting that narrative, and I feel like a lot of people just gave it to Giannis because it just wasn't enough for LeBron. I feel like if LeBron would have finished out the, the season – and he continued to play like that at the end, I think it would have been a different story. Maybe Giannis would have still maybe Giannis would have still won it, but I feel like it would have been a lot closer. Exactly. I felt like it would have been a coin flip. Well, we're gonna move on to a next group of guys. These two guys were like obviously like front runners, everyone talks about them. The next four to five guys, I think actually you can have a narrative around them. What's Steph Curry's narrative got to be to win another MVP? Well, the clay injury. So his production's probably going to go up. He can arguably win comeback player of the year, too, at the same time. Yeah, I think it's more around his team. He's going to just have a lot more production. He's going to be asked to do a lot more. I'm with you on that. I feel like it's got to be something like... People are going to say, we all counted out the Warriors because of Clay's injury. Wiseman's not playing well. He's a rookie. Draymond looks not that great. And they have to finish, what, top three in the West for him to be considered one? Yeah. I don't think it's crazy. I wouldn't bet on it, but it's not impossible. I'd say that's like 20% chance. And that's what would have to happen, right? He'd have to have another... 50, 40, 90s, averaging 30 points a game, like seven assists, and they're winning yeah. games. Yeah. Another one is probably what, Jokic? Jokic for sure. I think that people are going to say the Nuggets, they lost Jeremy Grant. Murray hasn't showed up like he did in the playoffs. Jokic is carrying the team. They're number two in the West again. He's actually playing defense. Look, at, he, he got into shape. That's how it always starts. It's like some preseason narrative like, man, LeBron's locked in this year. Look at Giannis. Oh, he's been in the lab. He's Skinny Jokic. Skinny Jokic. Look at it. He just, after they beat the Clippers 3-1, everyone counted him out. I could see Jokic being a sneaky guy in there. See, like he's a dark horse. Yeah, I think a big part of that is Murray, though. If Murray takes that leap, it's going to be hard. 
because they're going to need a lot of production from those two guys in particular. Oh, 100%. That's what hurts Braun is playing with AD. And that's what kind of helped Giannis. He doesn't play with an AD. He plays with Chris Middleton, who's good but not great. What's Jokic's yeah. chances? He's a dark horse for you. I'd say he's like 30%. He could win an MVP. I think it's the same as Curry. It'll be the same. The The higher percentage for him just comes from his team is better. They just have a little bit more better roster than the Warriors, so they have a higher chance of just being good. So I would say about 30 35%. I'm with you on that. Well, let's go. Let me go to one more. This guy's, I would say, probably a favorite. People would bet on him. Luka. All I think he needs to do is finish in, like, the top three in the West, and he'll probably win the MVP because he's going to put up stupid stats, right? Yeah, he's going to average nearly a triple-double. So people are going to fall in love with him automatically. Oh, my God, he's averaging a triple-double. He is so good. But (laughs) plus, Luka has a really good fan base as far as, like, young fans. He's – I don't blame him. I love to watch him. He's my pick. If I had to put money down, I would pick Luka to win the MVP. And I would even say if his numbers are even more godly, like he does average a triple-double, and let's say he busts of Russell Westbrook and he gets like fourth or third seed, I feel like he'll win it still. I think Luka's obviously the betting favorite. Only thing I'm worried about is the Mavs' health. But then again, that could also benefit his MVP chances if, you know, KP misses time. The only good thing about it is they brought in some defenders, and that's going to take the pressure away from him so he can kind of just not play defense at times. He's got to be the favorite. I'd say like 50% chance to win the MVP. I think he has the best odds. I would yeah, bet on him. By far. I would bet on Luka. Can I give you one that's like super low-key dark horse? <laughs> uh, one that you put like 10 bucks on? Yeah, I'd pay you like 1000 What if Zion won MVP, bro? <laughs> I'll be nuts if he if he has the numbers people are already gonna love him like by far and I think if anything if he does put up anywhere near 20 plus to 20 plus in, in points at least seven rebounds and five assists or more he's definitely gonna win most improved player of the year by oh far. for sure I think it's going to come down to health, obviously. If he doesn't play on a minutes restriction, he's going to put up damn near 25 and 10. And then he's going to be like a Swiss Army knife on defense because I think he's actually going to be a really good defender. I might not be this year, but let's be real. What's stopping him? Really? His health? That's it. Would you put New Orleans cooking into health or is that something different? (laughs) New Orleans cooking. Uh, yes, of course he has to be in shape. Obviously, gumbo. Yes, uh, stay off the gumbo stew. <laughs> but <laughs> what's the pastries like beignets? <laughs> I'm going this with the assumption that he is going to be in shape. I've seen a little bit of preseason from him. He doesn't look out of shape at all. He's probably not in the best shape. He has to get in basketball shape, obviously, but. I think he'll be fine in that category. It's just it's just really staying healthy. That's the only thing that's really stopping him. I'm with you for that. I'm going to put 5 bucks down on him. So, <laughs> I got some I got some even like I just got fun guys at this point. Can Kawhi win MVP? I don't think he can. There's nothing about no. his season. No. 
it's just he's not gonna play enough. The Clippers, maybe if the Clippers are like the one seed, right? He's got a yeah. chance. But I feel like you know MVP candidate Paul George playing right exactly. next to him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Another guy like that uh, that will be counted out is probably AD. AD's a is an out. He plays with LeBron. He's he's probably not gonna play that many games. He's yeah, Lakers out. are coming off that what two month hiatus, two and a half month hiatus. Yeah, they them and the Heat have the least amount of time with this break. I don't even have him on the list. But what about Jimmy? I don't think Jimmy like no, is that. Jimmy's guy. he'll never put up the gaudy stats to no. win it. Their, their roster, I, I feel like their roster's too too built around everyone else. Like has to eat. You get me? Like. Dragic is a big part of that offense. I I feel like Bam's going to take a big step this year in scoring points. I, I feel like there's just too many mouths to feed, and Jimmy Butler's not really that guy that scores on a nightly basis. Yeah, of course, he can score 40 or 50 on any night in a playoff game, but as far as the regular season goes, I don't see him averaging humongous numbers. I was going to just ask you, do you think Bam would have a better case for MVP than Jimmy? Like, if he got to there, I think he would probably be a better player. Yeah. Say people are going to say defensive player of the year. Look at the on-court, off-court stuff. He's such a yeah. high-usage guy. Da, da, da. A, lot of these, a lot of these guys that we're naming can easily be most improved with Zion. You could look at Luka into that. Because I remember people, when Curry won the first, the second MVP, were talking about, should he win most improved player, too? Because he just had such a big leap. Yeah, Zion, Luka, Steph, maybe Embiid. Can Embiid win improved or MVP? I would say he's probably got more money on the MVP because, you know, he shows up to camp in shape. Doc Rivers is like, hey, yeah, see this he championship to, ring yeah. I have that I low-key should never have earned, but Kevin Garnett was on the team. Paul <laughs> Pierce pooped himself. He has to have a Shaq-type season. Couldn't he, though? Yeah, definitely. We we talked about it in the last NBA pod. There's no reason why he can't. He just needs to get his big butt in shape. That's what it comes down to. Another guy that that can probably win MVP or most improve is Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's another guy. He's a six ten small forward apparently now. He's the new KD, I guess. You're lying about his height. <laughs> everyone's saying <laughs> that's insane. I really highly doubt that, but yeah. I hope that's not true for Laker fans. No, I think he might have a case because Kemba's going to be hurt if they can win the. If they can win the East, he has a strong case I'm going to go with. Yeah, and definitely they're going to be a big player in the East, so they're going to be a high seed. So I don't see winning as a problem. It just comes down to consistency for him. He needs to do it the whole season. It can't just be a stretch. It has to be consistent. If that last half of the year Tatum shows up for the whole year, you think he'll win it? Yeah, if he plays like that, he won't definitely win it but he'll be in the top three of voting if he plays like that i'm gonna add two guys to the list real quick james harden (laughs) i don't think there's any way he's gonna win it especially if he goes anywhere where the nets or anywhere else with another superstar i highly doubt it no i'm just saying houston james harden oh houston james harden no he's not gonna be in houston He's he's gone. You don't want to entertain it. <laughs> he's All not right, playing move, with I'll just Achilles hurt and DeMarcus Cousins on his on his body. This glitter is gonna be toxic. <laughs> but no, okay. I got two guys from the same team. 
KD. I just want to see him get through healthy. That's why I didn't put him on the list. I think it's asking a lot for him to be an MVP after the Achilles. And what about his boy Kyrie? I don't think anyone in the media would vote for Kyrie, even if he had a good season, because they all hate him. <laughs> Maybe comeback player of the year, not MVP. Maybe KD. I, I feel like it's a small percentage. Is there any other names you want to just throw on here at the end? Uh, Donovan Mitchell? I was thinking that, but no, I don't think Utah will be good enough. And everyone's going to say, look at Utah. They have a good team. Conley, Bogdanovich, Jobert. Yeah, I feel like we really got everyone out, everyone out there. Ooh, I just thought of a good one. You ready? Carl Anthony Towns. Stop. Let's move on. Hell, Trey Young. <laughs> I can actually see Trey Young. Get out of here. His team's not going to be good enough. His team's not going to be good enough. Okay, okay, fine. Let's just move on. So, like <laughs> you said, if we were going to pick MVP, I'm just going to say it again. We'd both go with Luka. My second guy would honestly probably be Jokic. Jokic, okay. What about Defensive Player of the Year? We're talking about Bam. Maybe that one's for Anthony Davis because he got robbed last year. He did get robbed last year, 100%. No offense to Giannis. I could kind of see Giannis being in the discussion. The only reason I'm scared for AD is because he might not play a lot this year. I mean, let's be real. He's going to miss five games for like a bruised finger, uh sprained ankle and what like a elbow contusion those are the five games we'll miss seven games yeah broken ass bone <laughs> yeah some, something along though something dumb like he's gonna be like taking a jump shot lands on the guy's foot he's gonna like wince in pain for 15 minutes i would probably go with bam maybe i was thinking this one but it's kind of wild what if marcus smart won it i'd be down Oh, yeah, Marcus Smart. That's a good one. He was amazing on defense. He was first team last year. Never going to get the credit because I hate how defensive player of the year has been shot blockers for so long. I was happy when Kawhi won it. Well, I wasn't happy because I thought Draymond Green should have won it like for two years out of those like three. I hope the guard gets some love. Yeah, the guards deserve it. They're just on an island. It's just very hard to stop people in the NBA <laughs> on the perimeter these days. Yeah, I mean, you can't touch them. You blow on them, it's a foul. I was going to say this, but, like, Gobert did shut down basketball. So that's pretty defensive, no? <laughs> stop. All right. I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> Too soon. Memes. Too soon. That's my boy, too. Is there any chance that Zion? No, I don't think so. I don't think the Pelicans will be good enough defensively. <laughs> but but if he's in the discussion, he's gonna be in the MVP discussion. I, I'm just going off of what you what you said that has to happen. If if he's really that Swiss Army knife type player on defense, he should be considered for it. You know? Oh, for sure. So what's his ceiling defensively? I mean, it's it's a really quick question. I feel like it's Draymond Green with a rocket up his butt. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like he won't be that disciplined as Draymond. That was a big part of Draymond. It was just he was so disciplined and great at timing those jumps. That wasn't, you know, second year in the NBA Draymond. That was what, year five Draymond, year four? Yeah, that and was And that was after well, four years of college too. So yeah, that was well seasoned. <laughs> yeah. Zion's a youngin', so he got a long time to go. But he'll probably be in most improved. I would probably pick him for most improved. 
or maybe Aiton, just because they're going to be good, and he's going to probably put up big numbers. I hate yeah. most improved really quick. Let's just talk about that. <laughs> what does it mean to you? I would say a lot of the time it's kind of back and forth because I feel like when I think of most improved, it's either a rookie that had a down year or a guy who's coming off injury. Correct? That's what I think of automatically. And you don't know about the injury, but I would say it's always guys who are good who take the leap. Like Paul George won it. Giannis won it. And it's like those guys were good before. They just average like eight more points a game. Like to me, someone who wins most improved player would be like. Like a guy like Sabonis last year? Yeah, like Zabonis, or maybe like, okay, for instance, I know this is so stupid because all the hype. Like the late guy from the Lakers, uh, uh, Jalen Torton, Harden Tucker, whatever, I can't say his name. Yeah, like, THC. THT, thank you. Like that guy improved, or maybe someone like, like if RJ Barrett had a great year, he improved, you know? Like, okay, if Zion wins it, like he was great last year. He averaged 20 points. In a short period, but yeah, he wasn't that amazing. Yeah, for me, it's it's always about it. Always ends up being about this guy averaged eight. Now he averaged eight. Now he's averaging twenty five. He improved the most. Well, it's like no, he didn't really improve the most. He just got more opportunities. So you're saying like if a guy like John Morant wins it, that's when you cross the line. Yeah, it's like he was already good. Why are we giving it to him? Like for me, it would have to be someone like Rui Hachimura from the Wizards who could win it. Like you have to have guys who make noticeable improvements in skill. Yeah. Or so you get pissed off when who's a good example of this? Maybe Victor Oladipo, who had a really down year with injuries, and when he came back, he really wasn't the same player. And let's say this year he just goes back to being Victor Oladipo that we know in Indiana. Would you be willing to give it to a guy like him? I think he already won one, so I won't want to give. I mean, you can't win it twice. That's that's the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those awards you ever. Uh, that'd be amazing if. Yeah, that'd be the most twice. up and down player. <laughs> it would have to be like J.R. Smith or someone like just so inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't I, get I, mad I, when Oladipo won it the first time because it was like, damn, this guy from yeah. OKC took yeah. that leap to superstardom almost. Exactly. He was like, a guy that they were thinking about building around at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, if Ben Simmons. Came out and was shooting eight threes a game and hitting four of them. I'd be like, okay, I give you most improved because it's like you noticeable. <laughs> Just in the three point category, though. Yeah, that's like, I give, dude, give him the lifetime achievement award. Give yeah. give him a jacket. So yeah, did you mention Jaron Jackson? I didn't want to be the one to bring it up, but now that you did, I don't feel guilty. Like I know he averaged seventeen. But you can watch the guy and see the room for growth. I think that's what it should come down to. You can look at a guy and say, look how much room for growth he has. And people are going to say, what about Zion? Look, he doesn't know that. I get that. It's a different case because it's Zion. He averaged like 23 a game. He averaged like 16 and four rebounds, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I think yeah, Bam, those won are... it. Bam won it, right, last year? Yeah, correct. That's the perfect case of a guy whose skill set got so much better and the production went up. It should be a yeah. combination of the two. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, defensive player of the year, we had Bam, 
or AD probably as the front runners. Oh, I got and I then, got one more for most improved. I'm sorry. Who? What if I get? What if Russell Westbrook starts shooting good? <laughs> Not gonna happen. Come on, dude. <laughs> Let me make my case. Go. <laughs> okay. He's gonna take a step back to Beal. He's gonna shoot thirty six percent from three on like three attempts a game. Is this spot up? Spot up, yeah, spot up. I mean, we, we don't we definitely don't want him to shoot off the dribble. That's my case. He takes a step back to Beal and stuff. I don't think he'll win it. I mean, maybe he's too old to win it. It's more of a young guy award. Yeah, he's not gonna win it. And second of all, he's gonna be too busy wanting to cut into that paint with his head on fire. And not want to stay at that three point line. <laughs> Come on, man! Scott Brooks can tame him. <laughs> no. So back back on the on these awards, defensive player of the year, we had Bam and AD obviously as the front runners. And for most improved, we're going with Aiden and Jaron Jackson as the two front runners. Yeah, with uh, maybe Dark Horse Zion or some John Morant. Yeah, well, six man of the year, maybe Westbrook's teammate, Bertans. I like that. I want to get some shout-out to Wizard fans. I think the Wizards are going to be fun. I should have put them in my surprising team. If it's not Davis Bertans, oh, let's put it, Lakers ruined the chances for Schroeder and Harrell. It's not going to be Lou Williams. They're tired of giving it to him. <laughs> One of the Hawks guys might win it, like maybe Cam Reddish if he comes off the bench or Hunter. Or or Bogdanovich, if he comes off the bench. Maybe Gallinari? Yeah. What about Dragic, if he comes off the bench? Mm, I believe... Hasn't he won it? A long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he in, like, Phoenix? Yeah, I think it was Phoenix. Yeah, maybe. I like like Bertans, though. Bertans has been low-key an underrated player in the NBA the last, like, two seasons. Much more than just a shooter. Shout out to the yeah. Wizards out there for making one good signing, one good move <laughs> this offseason. What if Carmelo has a big year off the bench? Stop. I'm not even joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm dead ass. He definitely has he definitely has the fan fandom to do it. Yeah, maybe he can. Is he gonna come off the bench this year? I believe he's I gonna mean, start. I, I would hope so. I think he's going to start, to be honest. I hope not. Like, (laughs) geez, come on. If you're starting Carmelo, look, all I'm saying is if he plays six man, comes in, just gets buckets, he bought into Portland, hits some big shots, he can close out games too in times. All I know is, look, Gary Trent should start. Lillard should start, obviously. We should probably put him in the MVP. We might have to go back to that. Oh, yeah. His team's not going to be good enough, though. I'm with, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll get traded. Mm-hmm. Breaking news? No. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> okay, so Lillard, McCollum, Trent, and Nurkic are all locks. Maybe they end up playing Zach Collins when he comes back. He starts. Hood comes back. He'll start over him. I think he has a case. You could make the case where, you know, he's the obviously can still get buckets, and that's all six man of the year is about. Yeah. He's just getting buckets. There is a scenario in there that he does, but I feel like they're still going to start him. That doesn't mean that he's good. It's just he's probably just going to start. They're probably not going to finish with him, though. 
No, I mean, he can be a solid role player right now, Melo. That's yeah. what he is. What he was in the bubble, he was fine. He was fine. Exactly. And one good thing about him is he was a star. And sometimes those role players like him that have that star like potential, they'll have a certain game or like a moment, right? Like yeah. you remember the moment where he was going at it with LeBron? Yeah. Most role players peak is just role players. He was a star in the league. And so now that he's a role player, he still has like that potential. Get you. Yeah. It, it's hard. It, it took him being out of the NBA for a while to get the wake up call to switch his role and his mindset. But he did it. Credit to him, man. I was I was totally wrong on him. I was I was putting him in the trash can. He was done for. He like put put a fork in you, him. He you is done. wrong though. You weren't wrong. <laughs> it's at the time everything you said was right. He was a bum. For Houston, he was a bum. No one wanted him. You weren't wrong at the time. It just changed. Yeah, I'm just saying I was wrong in a sense where I just, like you were gonna, I just like, never thought it was going to happen. Like, it like if it didn't pack. happen in yeah, if it didn't happen in OKC and and Houston, two two teams that really needed him to be a certain role player. And when I say role player, just a simple spot up shooter like he is in in Houston. Um, excuse me. Portland, it would have been fine, but he really didn't do that, and he proved me wrong. He came back. It took him being out of the NBA for a long time, but, hey, he did it, man. Future Hall of Famer. For sure. Um, He for sure was. He changed people's minds about him. I was glad to have him back in the league. It was just a bad way to go out. You know, you never want to see a guy who was great go out like that. But I want to move on to Coach of the Year. I mean, it's definitely not going to be Terry Stotts. I'm going to go with Frank Vogel. I want Frank Vogel to win it. Really? I think his narrative will be, you know, last year we kind of snubbed him. He's due. I think the Lakers are going to finish high again. And that's all coach of the year is. Just win with the, have a good record here in the discussion. Maybe Tyron Lue? Maybe. I don't think the Clippers are going to be, like, that amazing. Rick Carlisle, maybe, with Luka. Oh, you know? that, if they take the leap. Yeah, if they take the leave, it's because Rick Carlisle is already known around NBA is a very good head coach, championship coach already. So much respected. He'll get some attention. Oh, for sure. What about Mike Malone? I think he deserves to be in the conversation. Yeah, if if they're top three or I think, they, yeah, no, I take that back. They have to be top three. They have to be top three to, for him to win that. They can't be fourth or less. Was he the coach of the bubble? Coach of like the year in the bubble? Mm, no. I would get that to Eric Spolstra, but second, definitely. Man, you come back 3-1 twice, that's special coaching, man. He's got a special bond with those guys, and hopefully he'll get the recognition that he's due. He got it at the bubble, but he's been a good coach for a long time. Yeah, definitely. He's been a good coach. So Mike Malone, Rick Carlisle, Frank Vogel, and maybe Tyron Lue. Maybe the Hawks coach if they're good, Lloyd Pierce. If they're good. Because, I mean, they were bottom of the barrel. (laughs) Is there any chance that uh, Mike Bullenholzer wins it? No, zero. Zero chance. No. (laughs) Zero. Oh, man. Is there any other awards we haven't talked about? I think, what, Rookie of the Year is the last one? Yeah, rookie of the year. I think this is going to be 
Well, why don't we have the rookie discussion, and then we'll go with rookie of the year. For me, there's five guys. LaMelo, James Wiseman, Anthony football player Edwards, Cole Anthony, and Bobo. He's a second-year player, technically, but the bubble doesn't count. So he can win rookie of the year. Ben Simmons is somewhere smiling about second year players winning. <laughs> and Donovan Mitchell. Oh, he's, wait, he's probably frowning. He's rolling <laughs> in his grave about. Oh, my goodness. Well, overall, yeah. I think we both have similar opinions that these rookies are going to get off to a slow start. And why would we say that? Well, how about one? There's no summer league. They're playing, what, four games of preseason each? Being a rookie in the NBA is not easy. It's hard enough to adjust to the traveling, all the free time, and now you're doing in the midst of COVID. I don't think there's going to be a huge rookie contributor. I mean, you can go on the other end of that and say that a lot of these guys, if they really put their mind to it, like what the hell else were they doing during this time off? You get me? Like you should have been working out regardless, especially with COVID. There's There ain't nothing to do. That's true, but I feel like, Every rookie this year, everyone had like they were a project. Like Wiseman, he's got to do this, this, this. Zion, it was like, can this guy just stay healthy? He's going to be amazing. John Morant, same thing. Maybe it's some questions about the three-point shots, but like LaMelo, can he score? Can he defend? Is he mature enough? Anthony Edwards, is he a football player? <laughs> is he a football player? <laughs> Obi Toppin, <laughs> what position does he play? Can he shoot good enough? Are the Knicks going to ruin him? The reason I put Cole Anthony amongst these guys, he was picked 15. I feel like he's just polished. And you're going to be so surprised I say this. My boy Markel Fultz, I think he might get his job snatched by Cole Anthony. Oh, no. Your boy, Markel. I watched him shoot a three. Oh, man. Man. Safe to say, tough look for my guy. Oof. <laughs> it's bad. It's still that like wonky push, you know. Like it's like shaky. Yeah, I and feel he's like not he's... bad. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying like it's just so disheartening to see that after what four years. Yeah, and with all this time, man, a lot of these players, especially guys who didn't go through the draft process. I mean, it's kind of hard with the draft process because you didn't know exactly what team you were with and what staff you're going to be working with. But a lot of these guys who are, who are already in the league, dude, get a trainer, talk with the staff, go work on your game. There's nothing else better to do. You're 100% right. I don't want to say he's not working hard. I feel like it's just... It deteriorated so bad for that. But me and you watched him coming out of college, where it was at, to now. It's uh, it's inexplicable how it happened. I'll n- we'll never know the story. Maybe years after we'll know. But that's why I should call Anthony and like, you know, these are the elite rookies in my mind. And I would say it's going to be kind of like the Malcolm Brogdon year, right? Where he was a second round pick. He didn't even have that good a year. Like, Joel yeah. Embiid played 30 games and almost beat him. <laughs> so, I mean, what do you think of LaMelo? Like, let's, let's go quick. We're not going to, you know, break these guys down every layer, but. Okay. As a passer, 
I love what I see so far with the little. I, I think we, yeah. Um, no, not yet. I feel like it's gonna be tougher and tougher for him to do that because he was succeeding in the pick and roll in the in the little two preseason games that that have been um, going on these last few days, and I think there's just gonna be a certain point in time. And the same thing kind of happened with Lonzo where teams are going to be like, okay, dude, we're sick and tired of you passing the ball every time to the roller. How about you score? You create a shot. And I feel like that's going to be a really big problem with him, just like his brother, where his passing ability is kind of going to be stripped from him besides the transition game. And in the half-court offense, he's really going to struggle. I don't know if you saw, I sent you a clip on Instagram of him just shooting a three. If you look at the mechanics, it's a set shot. And that's not at all how he shot before coming off the dribble, which I like to see. But as we know, if he can't shoot off the dribble, it's going to get even tougher to score. The only thing I like about him more than Lonzo is his floater game and touch is a lot better around the rim. But I think it's going to be exactly as you said. They're going to take away the passing. They're going to go under every screen and dare him to shoot. And it's going to get kind of tough for him after a while. And he's going to have to figure it out. And hopefully he can figure it out. Uh, defense, he's going to be horrible, right? Yeah, that's where his game does not similar to his brother. He cannot play defense. Let me ask you. Do you think he'll even put effort into it? I think he will. I like the guys that he's around. I like James Borrego as a coach. I have confidence that. He'll at least put effort because there's a lot of guys on that team that who are not like slouches. You know what I mean? They're not lazy kind of guys. They're they care about their their performance on defense. Do you like the fact that Michael Jordan's the owner of the team? I really don't feel like that matters. I, I really don't. Uh, I'm just trying that... to take a shot at Michael for being <laughs> the Kwame Brown owners. Yeah, I, I feel like Mike Mike has kind of learned his lesson and he's not around the team like he used to be in the beginning. I feel like people rarely even see Mike now. Yeah, probably COVID too a little bit, like where it just feels like you haven't seen him in a while. I can't wait for Devontae Graham and LaMelo Ball to play next to each other just so like the opponents can score 180 points. But I would say he's going to have an up-and-down rookie year, right? I feel like all these guys are going to be like that. Who's going to be the worst out of all the guys you named? So that's LaMelo, Wiseman, Edwards. Really? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I keep making fun of it because like that's shocking to me. I wouldn't draft a guy number one who said that. Yeah, me and you were talking about it kind of off the pod yesterday, just brainstorming about some topics we wanted to talk about. And he came up, and the first thing I told Max was, I feel like that would be a huge red flag if I heard that coming out of his mouth. Like, hey, um, I'm really good at football, and I, I kind of love football more than basketball, but I, I just want to try out this basketball thing. Like, I just feel like trying it out. But I am a football player. I would have been like, all right, well, seems like your mind's not on basketball right now. I feel like, one, he's going to struggle to get touches amongst D'Lo and Cat. Both those guys chuck. I mean, granted, they're both great offensive guys. I'm not saying they shouldn't chuck the ball, but 
You also got guys like Jared Culver. He was a high pick last year. I saw some development from him late in the year. We watched him in the preseason, and it's the same Georgia crap where he's settling for long threes. And it's like, dude, you're supposed to be this freak athlete. Do your thing, my guy. Attack the rim. I just feel like it's not going to be a great environment for him to really grow. I mean, if you think about the Wolves, why can't they make the playoffs, right? Like, you don't really need a number one pick to come in there. Like, you already have two guys who should be the guy, right? Yeah, the roster is just tough around them, though. It's really no, I'm only saying them. If you're drafting a guy number one, you expect him to be the man, right? But you already have two guys who oh, should be that. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There's not as much pressure on him as the typical number one pick rookie. Exactly, but there's also not the opportunities for him, which I don't like. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird spot for him. So that's why I think he's going to be the worst. And God, they're not going to be able to defend anybody. And you know Malik Beasley's going to have a bad year. It's already started <laughs> bad. I'm not even going to go into it. Uh, th- well, t- the Wolves are terrible, okay? They shouldn't even be an NBA team, and along with a couple other ones. But that's a different topic for another day. There's just too many teams in the NBA. You think Wiseman's going to be good? If he stays healthy, maybe. If he stays healthy, yeah. I mean, Steve Kerr, the culture, just around those guys like Steph and Draymond. Yeah, definitely. I can I can see him being a, a developmental player and having a not a great year, not anything crazy to win rookie of the year, but just, you know, solid like signs. You get me? It's just just show some signs throughout the year. I think it's going to help him that Clay's hurt, so he'll have more shine and opportunities. I think it's going to be like a simple role for them. It's not like they're going to be like, okay, you're the go-to guy. They still have Steph. They have Draymond. I mean, he's going to go through hell with Draymond. Draymond's going to light a fire under his butt. He'll be good defensively. He's going to need to be good defensively, excuse me, the play. Like you said, there's a world where he's a good player right off the bat. He's got all the tools to be, and he's in a great spot. I love the culture. I feel bad for Obi Toppin. I know the Knicks, they're kind of trending in the right direction, but they're the Knicks, man. Like, I got to see it to believe it. He looked okay preseason, but, man, you look at their team, dude. How many failed picks do they have on their squad? (laughs) Well, the one guy that they didn't fell on, they traded, and they lost I know. (laughs) Kevin Knox is there. Frank Nikila. Frank yeah, Nikila, Nikila. Uh, Dennis Smith still hooping over there. <laughs> I like Dennis, man. What happened to you, bro? Luca came to town. He was done. <laughs> for real. Shout out to J. Cole, though. I mean, he's good friends with J. Cole. Yeah, That's a positive. Maybe he'll get you a job in Detroit. <laughs> Look, uh, one guy One guy that's a dark horse out of all these guys. Is Bobo. And I got one question for you, Max. I know you hate the practice clips, but have you seen them? They have come across my feet on social media. He didn't look bad, okay? If he gets minutes consistently, I think he'll be good. Not good, but he'll be good for a rookie, I'm saying. Not like a good NBA player, but good for a rookie. I like his length, obviously. He he can be really good on defense. I feel like he 
if they run that big boy lineup that they're trying out in the bubble, I, I believe in one of the scrimmages. Remember that when they ran like the whole six ten lineup? Oh yeah, it was um, Grant. Well, it's not gonna be Grant no more. It, it was I think it was Jokic, Plumley, a bull bull. Who were the Millsap. Oh, Millsap and Grant, right? Grant. Yeah. And like Jokic and Plumley can handle the ball too. But it was like those three guys handling the ball. I think he's a good center next to Jokic because he can kind of move on the perimeter a little and he can block shots because you need someone like that next to Jokic who's like a real like athletic guy. Yeah, if he winds up being, becoming something really good, they're going to be a problem in the West with him definitely. I'm kind of scared just because of like the guys like Thon Maker, Dragon Bender. Like, yeah. you know, like this t- super tall, skinny guys that never work out. Mm-hmm. It's like that high school kid, too. I, I can't stand. Oh, from Spire. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not that guy. Not the 7'7 seven, no. seven guy oh. who can't play. This thing like Chet Holmgren. We're going to get into it later this year. <laughs> Number one player, and he's terrible. Who do you think is going to be the worst team in the league? Pistons. Right? Pistons? <laughs> Am I crazy? The Pistons. I Maybe mean, the Cavs? They cut their best player today or yesterday. That was a bad oh, Jello. Look, yeah. 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 Sh- what about out. the Cavs, though? No, no. They got they got Kevin Love, Darius Garland, Drummond. Drummond's going to be huge for them. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen a guy get 15 to 15, and it was like, pff, why? You've done nothing. Maybe OKC is what they should have been last year. That no, everyone was expecting. No. Come on, they got good players. They got a good coach. No, they have a good coaching staff. They have a good general manager. They got like forty first round picks. They got Shea. Okay, bro, who's better than Shea on the Pistons? Who's in the league as him? <laughs> Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose Griff. MVP vote. Should we go back and put <laughs> Derrick Rose in the MVP narrative? He gets Maybe traded. The Pist- he has to get traded this year. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is there's a world where the Pistons win 40 games and Derrick Rose averages 30 points a game. <laughs> <laughs> so what? We got the Cavs, we got the Thunder, and the Pistons. Dude, it's the Pistons. Like by a landslide? Like how many yeah, games do you think they're like, going to win? Bro, they signed Jeremy Grant. I mean, he's a good role player. I think he's like 0 for 13 already in the preseason on shots. Like, yeah, a boy. <laughs> Get your bag, Jeremy. What about the Kings? Maybe the Kings have a super down year. They just go way down. <laughs> oh, man. Imagine. Like, Deer and Fox gets hurt. Bagley. Yeah, De- yeah. Fox has to get hurt for that to happen. There's a world that happens. I still think it's my money's on the Pistons. What about what about any team that was a playoff team last year that can, that can be the worst team in the league? Maybe Houston? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a great one. Because if Harden goes, you know Aaron G- Eric Gordon's going to be traded too. <laughs> you know P.J. Tucker's going to want out. Yeah. He's going to be probably bought out. Well, John Wall and uh, Boogie might uh, have something to say about that. I don't know. John Wall looking like himself <laughs> in these two preseason games. Because it, it's not going to be Portland, even though I, I don't think Portland's going to be that good. Damian Lillard is just way too good for them to be the worst team in the league. What about the Hornets? I don't think so. I think they're too well coached. No. They're no, feisty. They're, 
they they are dude and they have some players like bridges i did you see that dunk that he had i know it's preseason granted i know yo yo I let's know. talk about it who was it on it was on your boy Chris Bobby Boucher. Oh, yeah, it was on Boucher. No. What's <laughs> up, Boucher? Is Toronto maybe the worst team in the league? No, nah, I got, I I got faith so. in Nick Nurse. Come on. Yeah, no way. I think they're going to be really good this year, even though a lot of people are counting them out. Look, I think they're going to be kind of like the OKC. If Pascal can figure out another move compared to the spin, like if he figures out there's more moves, maybe a Euro yeah. step, he'll be fine. Yeah. I feel like they're going to be kind of like the OKC of last year. Like everyone just low-key counting them out. They're not going to be good. I like that. I think there's big things. I like that a lot. What about the best team? I mean, do, do we want to just be Laker homers? Well, there's a world that the Lakers are not the best team in the league. Regular season I think it's probably the Bucks, right? They had the long off season because they got smacked. Yeah, by the Heat. and all, and when we say best and worst teams, when we're saying worst team, we're talking about worst record, okay? And then obviously, with best team, best record, our best team in a sense of like with our power rankings. I wasn't going off the Lakers being number one in the West record wise, or even no. the best in the league. I was just going off of. These are the teams who are have the best chances of winning the finals. Exactly what I did, yeah. That's the best way to explain it. There's a world the Lakers aren't, like you said, and it's probably the Bucks. They had the long offseason. Is there a world the Clippers are the best team? Yeah, definitely. They There's no reason why they can't be. Maybe the whole team starts working out with Paul George's trainer, the MVP guy. Uh, <laughs> Ty Lue. Dude, he's a he is like a clone, a a lesser clone of Doc. They're very similar. I don't know why like Paul George's like, oh, I don't like the way I'm used. Well, what are you gonna do? Like, what don't you like? You got ran ISOs pick and rolls. Come on. What about the Nuggets? Yeah, the Nuggets. Maybe the Mavs. Do the Mavs have a chance? They're not there yet. I don't want to say that yet. Okay. Maybe if the they Warriors. Do, it's to the greatness of Luca. No, not without Clay. <laughs> Celtics. I can see the Celtics. No, not because yes. because of Kemba and the lack of depth. But I, I get the reasoning. How long is Kemba supposed to be out for? Mid January, early February, and that's the same knee that was giving him trouble in the bubble. He had like eight months to figure it out and hasn't got it figured out. Who's the dark horse? Who's who's a non-playoff team that has the best chance of being the the best team in the league, record-wise? Is this some like NFL like worst the first? <laughs> yeah, the NBA does horrible of doing that. <laughs> you Memphis. said Memphis, a best Pelicans. best record in the league. There's no a team that didn't make the playoffs that's gonna happen to, but it's either Memphis or the Pelicans. Maybe the Suns. Damn. Okay, maybe the Suns. Maybe the Suns. Yeah. Maybe the Suns. The Suns have the best chance. Go they got the best and 0 this year. Seventy-two and zero. <laughs> yeah, I think the Suns got the best chance at that, just because of their their talent. I didn't think got, about them. Yeah, the Suns definitely. I mean, is that it for the best teams? I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's it. I got one more question. It's just something fun I just thought of. You can buy one jersey this year. Whose jersey are you gonna buy? Not including Lakers. Luca. 
Really? Yeah, Luca. I was gonna go with Ja. Ja Moran. Hmm? Are you maybe a as far as style wise, maybe that new black um Suns jersey? Maybe a Devin Booker? No, I hate that. The one that says the valley on it. It makes you think of like the valley. I think it looks pretty dope. I think it looks pretty dope. Best jersey's got to be Miami Heat, Miami Vice. You're not really a pink and blue guy, but if you were, you'd buy those. What's the worst jersey you've seen? Uh, Just regular jerseys or those city jerseys? The city ones. I mean, it wasn't really bad, but it wasn't that, like, different. It was the Celtics one. Yeah, they, they're they never going to change. I hate the Knicks jerseys. They have, like, those fireman jerseys or whatever. Looks so <laughs> oh, dumb. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know oh, I think, you know what jerseys Dallas was bringing back? Those ugly green ones. Oh, the one with, like, the like, like the, graffiti, like, bubble uh-huh. letters. Yeah. I kind of like their court, though. They're, I like I like the way that they went back to that when they first started. Like that kind of color and that cowboy kind of look. Yo, let's talk about this for like two minutes. Throwback courts are equally as important as throwback jerseys. Do you remember when oh. Milwaukee did the Mecca court from like two yeah. years ago? Yeah. That was so Amazing. cool. Maybe the Charlotte Kings? too. I yeah. like when Charlotte oh, did it. Yeah. I rem- one of my earliest memories as a kid is watching Kobe hit a game winner on that court. The old school Charlotte Hornets court. I love the Kings though. They always have the throwback court, so you know, like that light blue. The Warriors too, but the city court. Yeah. And the town court. That's the one thing about the Lakers, man. They're so traditional. There's like not a lot of cool courts. It's like one court. <laughs> yeah. One that I would like to see, even though I don't like them. I would like to see like the old garden of of the Celtics, like that dark the wood. panels. Yeah. Yo, I was going to say, I want to remember the Raptors baseline, the 3D one? That was oh, like yeah. so that, trolling. Oh, that was trash. I that just want to see that because it was so bad. <laughs> so dumb. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we're going to wrap it up tonight. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on all streaming platforms. We're on Instagram and Twitter. That is at Max underscore Juan Cast. Also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the other streaming platforms. It is at Max and Juan Cast. All right. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow, five star review on Apple Podcasts. Comment down below. Whatever you got to do, do it. If you guys want to just smash that like button and smash that follow button the same way Miles Bridges smashes dunks over once boy Chris Boucher's head, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. that'd be phenomenal. <laughs> I, for one, am appreciative of everything. I love what the social media has been in the last couple weeks. I love the growth. I love the people we're fi- finding who follow us. And thankful to have a partner like Juan right now. Yeah, couldn't say it any better, man. Same to you. Love doing this. If you guys made it this far. Well, they always do. Come on. <laughs> Come on. What are they going to do? Watch Queen's Gambit? That show sucks. What are they going to do? Watch First Take? That, both those shows suck. I play chess all the time. You can ask one. I hated um, the show. Yeah. Probably, that's probably the most fire take of the last like two months on television. <laughs> Exactly. I didn't get what was great about it. 
<laughs> oh, man. With that said, peace. I'm out. <laughs>